Welcome to this episode of Flint CXO Bytes. Really glad you could join us. Flint's the Future Leaders Program for the Tech Users Association of New Zealand, or two ends. And I'm Craig Young, the CEO. This is a show where we talk informally with a well-known influential leader about their leadership journey and ask some questions about leading in these disruptive and transformative times. I really hope you enjoy today's episode, so let's get on with it. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's CXO Bytes. Uh, it's great to have you here at the end of the week three, I think we are, with a formal week. Um, this is our weekly video podcast um, where we're talking to a couple of, uh, we're talking to leaders about um, just general leadership and how they're going um, during this time. It's um, been great. Uh, we've had a couple of great sessions, and today I'm really pleased to have Craig here. I'll introduce you to him in a moment. Um, it's looking interesting, isn't it? We might be dropping to level three next week, but we're still going to find out what that means. And from what I can tell, that still means we'll be working at home for quite a period of time. So uh, we'll be still doing these things. So I'm going to unmute Craig now and ask him to turn his video on. And uh, I'll introduce you to Craig Hudson. Craig is, um, he took part in our first uh, meeting with the CXOs actually at Westpac. What was that? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. It was, yes. Um, we won't talk about how poorly organised I worked with that one, but we'll we'll go on from there. Um, you got a really interesting background, and we'll talk to you about that in a moment. So, um, welcome, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Awesome to be here. I could probably almost go to my window and wave at you. You're that close, but not quite. I haven't <laughs> not quite caught, walked past but... your house on my uh, walk around the block. But yeah, we live both in the same area. Um, just before we get started, what we've done each time is just ask people how their home setup is. And how they're actually sitting their home. You look like you're outside. Um, so <laughs> my setup is actually on the deck. Um, so I have four kids. Um, so they have run of the house. And it's the first day of me working from home was an interesting one where one, two of my children had music lessons dialing in through Zoom. And one of, the, one of them um, learns the saxophone. So it's relatively difficult to be able to get any Zoom calls done while they're on the saxophone. So I hid out on the deck and it's actually been okay. Um, getting a little bit chilly now, so making sure that I'm more appropriately dressed. But the, I've currently got my laptop sitting on top of a bar leaner with a box to make sure that I've got a good standing desk. It's been really interesting talking to different people about how they've got their setups and uh, also the different tools that you're using. And so next week we're yeah. doing a little bit of work around that as well. Hey, look, let's get into it. Thanks for joining us. Um, people uh, who are on the call will know how this works. There's a chat box, there's Q&A, and you are more than welcome to give us some questions and answers as we go. Um, we are recording this session, so it will be available afterwards and we'll give you the heads up on that and you can share it with other people as well. Um, Craig, why don't you start? We've asked people to give us a bit of background about how you got to this point, what your leadership journey's been, and um, you and I know each other quite well. I know you've got quite an interesting story, mm. and goes back to being, of other all things, a professional rugby player. Yeah, it's, it's pretty diverse, and it's not a linear line to business success, that's for sure, and business leadership. Um, so... Basically, my, I applied my trade straight out of school um, with no qualifications as a rugby player, um, straight down to Canterbury, um, and was fortunate enough to be able to get a bit of success playing code for New Zealand Sevens and then overseas in Europe for a few years. Um, but my career was cut short at 23 with an illness. 
um, and I needed to be able to have something. I had no qualifications, no education to be able to fall back on. It took a little while to get over the illness, um, and my first actual paid job outside of rugby was a part-time swim coach um, on the North Shore of Auckland. So I did that for about six months. Um, but what I learned quite early on was it comes down to personal relationships um, and your ability to connect. Um, I was able to connect with the kids when I was doing swim coaching, but also connect with the parents as well and learn that you're actually able to, to do more if you over-invest in that stuff. Um, I moved from that into sales, um, into a tele-sales role, where, again, I was able to build rapport with people over the phone, um, find that mutual connection of something that we both believed in. Um, and was able to to build a relatively good business and, a, and relatively good connections on that. Unfortunately, it was the really early days of online advertising um, and that particular business, even though the ones I was looking after was going okay, the overall business didn't didn't make it. Um, so was forced into a, looking for another job and I was incredibly fortunate, the life-changing moment when you actually find an employer in a, in a spot where they truly care about you as an individual. Uh, working for McFall Fuel, Again, their first salesperson, so I basically got given a ute and told to drive up every farm gate in the North Island, pretty much. <laughs> and again, just talking with farmers and, and talking with agricultural contractors and just getting to know what, how they ticked and, again, building rapport and, and that personal connection stuff. But it was more the, how Alan, uh, the owner of that business at the time, looked after me as an individual and cared about my well-being because um, at the time I was going through some pretty dark dark stages with my mental health um, they were he able to notice that put counseling support in place for me um, as well as business coaching to be able to get more out of me at the same time and that pretty much put me on the path to where I am today um, of starting with zero six years ago when we moved to the UK um, as I again took it went from managing 60 people and make full fuel to none being on the phone which was awesome to be fair, but it was an adventure to go to the UK and then worked my way up within within zero, zero, two and a half, three years ago now, moved home to take over the New Zealand business. So it's been a pretty fast rise in zero, but it's not like I was coming from coming from nothing beforehand, having built a $100 million business with McFalls. Mm, yep, I told everybody you had an interesting background. Yeah, there's, um, lots, just, there's lots in there, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we could unpack a lot in there without even going to the other questions. Mm. Um, just one of the interesting things we've asked people is, is just thinking back on that journey. I mean, there's obviously a lot of good things you did, otherwise you wouldn't have got to yeah. where you've got to now. But can you think of um, a, something in your journey in the past on reflection that you probably would have done differently? And, and how did that change the way you do things today? Yeah, 100%. So if um, you go back into the McFalls environment, that's a traditional family uh, SME business um, with long-term employees. I was a, the young kid brought into the leadership team. Um, the um, office administrator had been there for 25 years. Um, logistic manager had been there for 18 years. And I was trying to drive change and drive way too fast. <laughs> so I learned how to, that actually if I push too hard, that brick wall goes up and the adverse effect of change and change reaction is fierce. And it takes around six months to then come back and have another conversation again. So actually trying to figure out, well, how do I have that conversation of change, but make it their choice um, rather than feel like I'm inflicting pain on them all the time. So, you know, and it took me a good 18 months, two years to be able to figure out how I could do that, but ultimately got them on board and were able to completely digitize that business from faxing run sheets and handwritten amounts onto full end-to-end digital solution. So a heck of a lot of pain, but I learned that, that once that brick wall's up, it takes a bloody long time to be able to come back. 
yeah that's a yeah i think i've had some of those moments in my journey as well and uh, you look back at them and you sort of wonder what the hell was i doing or yeah. what was i thinking about at the time um yeah. then you've got to learn from it right yeah and like we i can learn stuff at every day almost at the moment particularly in the new environment of covid but it's your ability to be able to learn and then change um and if you if you see things but don't actually then change on the back of it then that's on you we all need to be willing to be able to be reflective of well how could i have done that better and that's one thing i'm probably more guilty of than anything as i get inside my own head too much um, and overthink things a lot around conversations that should have could have happened but it's, it's my way of learning and, yeah. and embedding that without testing on live humans. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, let's, let's tease that out a little bit because the question I want to ask you is around authenticity and authentic leadership. Yep. And I know following you online and knowing you personally, and you mentioned it before too about mental health issues. You know, you mm -hmm. take a strong leadership position on uh, mental health and mental health and leadership. Do you want to just unpack that a little bit about what, what you think authenticity means in being a leader? Yeah, so there's, a, there's quite a, a movement to the term vulnerability um, at the moment and vulnerable leadership. Um, Brené Brown, classic example of that. But for me, it's, it's just been real. Um, and if you're able to, to connect with people around you in an authentic, meaningful way, then you get more out of them. Um, they're able to bring their true self to work. The psychological safety for me is paramount. If I know what's going on in your world, then as a team, we can ebb and flow and protect others within the team because they're not firing at 100% at that particular moment. If you don't know what's going on with your team, then you've got no ability to be able to, to one, apply pressure. You might do it at the completely wrong time because I've got stuff going on at home that you've got no idea about it. But the old adage of bringing, leaving your baggage at the front door when you come to work is gone. We all have our own baggage and the, we're, the crap that we carry around with us, the, hash, the business that my wife and I have started is always more to the story because ultimately there is always more to the story and you need to be able to be authentic yourself as a leader to then get that mirrored back to you with your people. Um, how do you think, you did just talk there a bit about you get more out of people. So just, can you tease that out a little bit more? Just so you see that being real and transparent and authentic with people will enable them to yeah. be better people, but also to be better employees? Yeah, the heart of innovation comes from safety. Um, if you want to empower people, they have to feel safe. Um, because if, you're, if they don't feel safe, they're not going to put their hand up and say, yeah, I'll do that. I'll have a crack at that because they've seen somebody else get get fired for making an error, for instance, as a worst case example. But if you're able to create that um, environment and challenge them to be more of who they are, then you're also able to see where their strengths are more authentically and move them into different seats to get more out of them at the same time. And I've done that a number of times since I've been back here at Zero as well. And I'm going to ask you a question that I haven't, we didn't talk about beforehand, but also, but, but is related to this now then. What about if you are a young upcoming person, upcoming leader, and you find yourself in a position where you don't feel it's safe or you don't feel able to contribute? What, how do you think people, how they should um, develop in that point? Um, see where I'm going? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, there's been moments in my career where I 100% haven't felt safe um, with the leader that I've had. Um, so I didn't feel that I could share what's going on or wanted to hide things because of the stigma or fear of retribution that might come um, for me talking my mind um, or 
telling people where I was at, particularly with the mental health stuff as well. But um, the actual reality is nowhere near as bad as our thoughts. So being able to be brave is imperative to be able to to come up and and talk around it with people. Um, and it, it scares the crap out of me talking about it with with people sometimes. But then you just get the flood of positive affirmation that comes back. Um, and you, for as a leader, young leader, it absolutely comes down to you being brave enough to have these hard conversations. Mm. And you will find your tribe. Um, and if you've got a traditional business leader that's back in the 60s that doesn't get it, then I, unfortunately, I'm going to challenge you to go and find someone who does um, because there is organizations that will love you for who you are and you should have the right, everybody has the right to feel safe, secure and loved and supported to be the best people they can at work. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so cool. Um, just want to remind people that are, are on the call that, you know, if you've got questions for Craig, um, chuck them into the Q&A section and we'll uh, put them, uh, I'll put them through to him. Um, I don't know if you saw that message, but there's one of our young leaders that's on the call that is actually related to um, McFall, who's helped set it up. So that's pretty cool, actually. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you look for in a leader, and, and uh, how do people? Yeah, let's let's just tease that little question out. What are you looking for? Yeah. So there's two parts of leadership, right? There's functional expertise, um, and you can teach that. Um, so you can definitely be able to go, right, I'm going to put you into a leadership position because you're a functional expert within that. But I look for the overall team cohesion. Um, so we use a tool called Office Vibe, um, which manages everything. Um, randomly, every two weeks, we get a number of questions that come through to the staff. Um, we also use disk profiling as well, which I'm not a huge fan of because I can be whoever you want me to be ultimately to be able to do what I need to do. And that's ultimately what we need as a leader. You need to be able to change your tack and position depending on who's in front of you too. But it does help understand who's in front of you. Um, what I, the main thing that I look for in a leader is their ability to ask questions um, and their ability to, to grasp concepts and then articulate that in a way to others. Um, because a leadership opportunity is your ability to be able to bring others with you. And if you're able to articulate and, and take people on a journey, then you're, you're on a trajectory to, to a higher position within any organization, um, let alone the one that I'm in. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Um, just there's, there's a question come through, which I think we'll, we'll ask now, which is, uh, and I probably want you to answer it in two different ways, actually. The first one is pre-COVID, what do you think the skills were that were really valuable in today's workforce? And then if you could perhaps move that on to, you know, we're in a completely bizarre, strange, feels like we're living in a movie actually. Mm. And then we're going to have to come out of it into a different world. What are the skills that might've been that we're going to have to take out into that time? Okay. Um, I can think I can actually join those two things okay. together, Craig, because I think post COVID is, is putting a Microsoft microscope on the, those particular skills that I think are even more important now. Um, if you look at our environment, it's pretty fast-paced, um, a lot, a heck of a lot of collaboration, agile work, um, flexible working, um, and being able to, to work on multiple things at one time. Um, I think post-COVID, that is even more the point. How do you build relationships um, with the right people via Zoom or Hangouts and connect and get stuff done with your productivity with all the noise that's going on around you at home? 
and my environment is not too bad, even though I've got four kids, but I know there's some with particularly younger kids, how do they get work done? But your ability to be able to articulate exactly what's going on, connect with people because that's what organizations are all about and be agile and fast paced at making decisions. I think it's going to be the, the next best thing coming out of, out of COVID because we don't know. Well, I don't even know what tomorrow looks like, but you're absorbing all of this information at pace with your people first, then your customers and businesses in there as well. But how do, you've got to make decisions really fast and be comfortable that actually the decision you make today in a week might have been wrong, but with the information you had today, it was the right call to make. Yeah. So again, that comes with a little bit of bravery and, and going after opportunities. Yeah, that good point. Um, it's been really interesting. Hasn't it? I mean, I'm dealing with uh, quite a lot of people. Some some aren't very busy, but most of us finding are finding ourselves almost busier yeah. in this environment than we were before, and we're having to deal with that. Um, you you don't you don't have the breaks that you had when you were in the office. You don't have people to talk to. Um, you're just in your space. Video conferencing is great, but they come and go. And um, how are you keeping in touch with your team? Um, so it's. I'm finding that as well, Craig, it's workload has gone up. Um, the calls are very functional or to start with are very functional, um, highly agendized. And this is the stuff that we have to get through. So I've made sure that we've actually put in a number of meetings throughout the week where it's just the ability to connect. Um, what's going on for you? Um, no agenda whatsoever, both from a, a wider team. So we're coming together to celebrate still like Friday afternoons coming together every morning my leadership team comes together and just what's top of mind how are you guys feeling what have you got coming up today just like you would as if we we're standing around the coffee machine waiting for a coffee to be made in the office and to have those little social interactions that we kind of miss otherwise and then connecting and what are you seeing with your people um, so they're all, all of my leaders are then doing it with their individual teams as well so that we can wrap support around and, and highlight issues much faster because that the issue if you're not seeing body language or um, the mannerisms in which people are walking into the office with, you don't know what's going on or highlighting things. So you have to spend the time and um, which increases the number of hours that you're on these things, um, unfortunately is at the same time. But I think it's, it's vitally important for the well-being of your crew. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, one of the things I've tried to do each day is get out of the house somewhere during the day um, and try to take a break in the middle of the day if I can, it's not going to work today, but that's okay. It's just, the way it is. Hey, look, we had a question. It's a, it's about zero, but and about what role you see zero playing. But maybe we can take a wider NZ Inc. type approach and say, yep. look, you lead one of the you know the most you know influential organisations in New Zealand, certainly by brand. Um, what role do you see organisations like yours um, playing, particularly as we come out of this um, this lockdown period? Yeah, so we've been thinking a little bit about that. Um, the first step that we did was there's so much information um, and legalese with that information that was really hard to understand. So we made sure that we're able to use our channel um, to be able to communicate in human language um, what was available and where to get things to be able to get the right support. And so the business continuity hub was something we thought was really important. And we got 55% of businesses in New Zealand are using us and 100% accountants. So how do we how do we get information to them in a timely fashion was top of mind. Um, and as we start looking at, at rebuild um, or reigniting the economy on the back of where we're at, it's going to come down to data, I think. Um, seeing where the opportunities are, 
what a business is able to do to maximize things in front of them today. Um, thought leadership, um, so connecting in and supporting others, so amplifying other voices, because it's not, it can't just, it's not going to be about us. It has to be about collaboration um, across industry and across sector collaborations. But using our channel to be able to get that information out, we think is, is potentially going to be important too. Um, but we're definitely seeing things within that we're, I'm connecting with government on a, on a very regular basis at the moment of what they're going through and trying to get information with looking at our data of how can we have, add insights so that they can be making the right decisions um, at the right time. And having an aggregated view of that is, I think, is relatively important. Yep. We've, um, we've sort of taken the same approach. It's what, what can we get out there to help people? We've launched a resource centre on working from home, which people can go to. But, and today, we haven't told our members yet, but uh, there's a new page up on our website. Media release went out this morning on, on 5G. And, and while you might think about, well, what's 5G got to do with where we are at the moment? Well, actually, it's going to happen. It's going to come. We've got to keep moving on and thinking about it. Um, and there's, the other thing is there's some idiots around the countryside that think that torching mobile towers is a good thing or a good protest at the moment because they think 5G is causing COVID. What a Sorry, I shouldn't. Even the Prime Minister agrees with me. It's, it's not. Um, look, let's, I realise time's running out, so let's, let's just come back to a couple of personal things, if you don't mind. You know, a lot of people who will watch this will be a young, uh, when I say young, they're younger than us, uh, leaders in their 20s or so, people who are, you know, for the first time in their life, they're being physically isolated and having to do three or four weeks on their own. Um, and I, I'm surprised the number of people I talk to who are actually working at home with nobody else there. They're, they're isolated. So hmm. what's taking your experience of this time, and okay, you've got four kids to keep on your toes, but just if you could extrapolate it out a little bit, what's the things you've learned that, you know, might help people keep focused on their role? Um, routine is really important. Um, really important. So um, making sure that the, that I'll, what I've learned is I need breaks. Um, I need to be able to, to get up from off my deck and go for a walk and get some fresh air. And I need to be able to have that social interaction. I actually thought I was an introvert, um, a serious introvert before, before this. So now I'm challenging my core belief of myself because I'm, I'm craving actual human interaction, which isn't me at all. I'm even talking to random people on the street from two meters away, which I've never done before. Um, but it's, uh, for me, that's, it's, that's the personal view that I have um, for the, what else can we be doing in these times? It's what opportunities can you see to upskill yourself? Because things are moving at a rapid pace. And if you're young in your career, there are going to be massive opportunities going to be put in front of you. But do you have the skill sets to be able to take those? And if we look at, we're going to be three weeks plus still working from home until we get to level two, right? And then who knows after that might be up and down. Crystal ball right now would be awesome. But digitization and of the economy is imperative to our survival. Because if you're not digitally connected now, you're totally unplugged from everything. You've got no idea what's going on in your business. You've got no idea what's happening outside of your business either. So moving an entire economy to digital, if you're young, you have a massive advantage to be able to upskill on what that digitization of the economy might be and how you might play a part in that for your own organization. Yeah. That's a really good point. I've, I've mentioned it before in some of these, but uh, we've got international connections. And certainly, you know, as we talk to international players, they've realised that huge parts of their economies are not ready to work digital. I think like, the Germans were telling me that they think they're about 40% of their 
businesses just were not ready and, and really struggled. Hey, look, thank yeah. you so much for your time. You got any last comments you want to make, particularly around, um, you know, particularly given your strength and mental health, et cetera, is there any pieces of advice, just little bits of gold that you want to share with people? Um, so your well-being is imperative um, and being able to, to be brave enough to take the first step to be able to get any type of support that you need, whether it's just going for a walk and getting some fresh air, um, doing things that make you feel good is really important right now and don't just feel you need to be on Zoom calls locked in a room every day um, because it's your sense of, of doing a meaningful job. Look after yourself. Um, there's a many, many free apps. You would have, might have seen a few that the, the Prime Minister announced a couple of days ago. So Mentimia being one of them. Um, so use tools that are available. They don't cost anything. They just help as little triggers. And we've also got the Zero Assistance Program if you're working for a zero business, uh, a business that's on zero. If you need crisis management support and mental health support, it's there free of charge again. But connect in with people. Get on the phone. Um, as much as you can and, and find out about what's going on in other people's lives and, and ask questions. Check in on everybody. Thanks, Greg. It's uh, timely because uh, next week uh, on Friday, we're talking to Dr. Angela Lim. She is a paediatric doctor. She's a young uh, leader. She has uh, stepped away from her job as a paediatric specialist to um, found and create an app called Clearhead. Yep. which is another one, uh, which is an app to help mental health. So perfect timing for us to talk to Angela. Uh, so Angela's that's going to be next. Angela's product is amazing. Yeah, and she's an amazing young lady who's also yeah. the chair of the 2020 Trust, which is all about uh, digital divides. So we're talking to her next Friday um, doing the same thing. So um, thank you very much again, Craig. Uh, this recording will be up on our YouTube channel this afternoon and on our website. Uh, you can go to our website at CXO Bytes to register for next week with uh, talking to Angela Lim. The week after, we're talking to JB Russellet, who's the CEO of Chorus, and the week after, Lillian Grace, who is the founder of figure.nz. Um, next week, we've got a webinar again at one o'clock on Wednesday. We're talking about collaboration and tools um, when it comes to working from home. We're talking with Microsoft and Lillian as well, who's been working um, remotely for quite a while. So look, thank you once again, Craig. I realize you're incredibly busy. You've not only got, uh, not only running zero in New Zealand, but you've got four kids as well. Um, and Pleasure, mate. you're at home. So thank you very much. And thank you everyone for joining us today and we'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us this week. You can keep an eye out for our next episode simply on our website, twoands.org.nz. You can join us live when we record the show, watch the video on the Two Ends YouTube channel, or simply wait for it to come out on this podcast. Thanks again, and we hope you join us next time.